Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknett. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, folks. So welcome again to The Miracle Moment. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about implementing the Migraine Miracle Plan on a budget, or to put it another way, how to get the most bang for your buck while eating according to the plan. So why is this a topic of discussion? Well, eating according to the plan does require ditching certain potential sources of cheap calories. Um, Part of why uh, those calories are cheap is because they're a poor source of nutrition. But if you're used to depending on some of those, you might feel like adhering to the plan is expensive by comparison. But like anything, there's a wide range in terms of how much you can spend, and hopefully after this episode, you'll understand that there are many ways that you can do this and implement the plan uh, pretty inexpensively. And I don't think that this way of eating is necessarily any more expensive than any other way of eating. Um, it just requires an understanding of where you can find the best value. And so that's what I'll be talking about in this episode today. Before we get to that topic, I do have a few announcements to make. So I'm recording this uh, in the middle of November, which means we are just kicking off our annual holiday challenge. And this is a challenge that we run every year with our Migrant Everland members, where we talk about how to navigate through the holiday-specific challenges uh, so that you can enjoy all that's great about the season without it derailing your progress with the Migrant Miracle Plan, or in other words, inviting more visits from the beast. Among other things, the challenge includes three different guides. One is our holiday recipe guide, another is a guide to appetizers for entertaining, and another guide to freezable meals, which are uh, a handy thing to have around this time of year. Jenny and I have been eating this way for several years now and uh, have fully transitioned to a set of holiday favorites that we and our extended family love that are completely consistent with the plan. Um, Not only does eating this way around the holidays keep the beast away, we also uh, no longer slip into the post-meal coma after our holiday feast like we used to. So that's one of the challenges around the holidays, which is the foods that you'll be encountering. Um, Earlier today uh, in Migrant Everland, we also had a clinic chat about how to deal with the social uh, challenges that come during the holidays, including well-meaning friends and family uh, who may uh, inadvertently try to undermine your efforts to keep the beast away during the holidays or just be an additional source of stress. So the idea with this challenge is to help you through all that and to provide some support from, uh, from our community for doing so. And it has just started, but it will go all the way through New Year's. And once again, it's included as part of uh, membership to Migrant Everland, along with all of our other challenges. Also, as I announced in the last podcast, we'll be hosting our first ever Breaking Rebound Challenge in January for members as well. So providing all the resources that we can for helping folks to um, break rebound headaches and minimize the use of the um, migraine abortive drugs. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast and it's before Cyber Monday or the Monday after Thanksgiving, uh, if you join now, you can also take advantage of our Cyber Monday reverse sale, which also includes a bonus book, uh, the compilation of the best of the chatter. It's an uh, 81-page guide with all of the sort of 
hottest topics that we've covered over the past several years inside of the clinic chat. So to learn more about Migraine Land and all of our resources, just go to MyMigraineMiracle.com and click on the Resources tab on the top. And now I'd like to share a recent success story. So we continue to get amazing feedback from people all over the world um, through our Facebook group, uh, our Beast Slayer Training Academy, and Migraine Neverland. And it's getting harder and harder to choose uh, one of these to highlight here on the podcast. But do know that we read and greatly appreciate every one of these stories that you folks share with us, uh, whether it's uh, through our Facebook group or on Amazon or through email. And this latest one comes um, from another incredible Amazon review that was submitted by Joseph with the title, This Really Works. And Joseph writes, The migraine miracle was a revelation for me. I had been having migraine headaches for about a year and was looking for answers. I followed the guidelines in the book and completed the Beast Slayer Training Academy, which can be found on the Migraine Miracle website. I can't remember the last time I had a migraine. I had been taking a daily preventative medication. But after my success with the Migraine Miracle Plan, I tapered down the medication for a few weeks, and now I'm no longer taking any medication for headaches. What a gift this has been. Oh, and I lost about 12 pounds, and am exercising consistently and feeling great. If you're struggling with migraine, give this a shot. So thank you so much, Joseph. That was an amazing uh, review. Uh, As I talk about in the video on our resources page, we've really seen the book and the Beast Slayer Training Academy Uh, make such a great combination. As I say in the video on our resources page, uh, I think of the Migraine Miracle as kind of like the textbook, which equips you with all the necessary knowledge. And then the Beast Slayer Training Academy is like the training camp where you go to learn how to put it all into action. I think of the Migraine Miracle book kind of like the textbook and the Beast Slayer Training Academy as the training camp where you learn how to put it all into action. So the book provides the knowledge and the Academy helps you to understand how to implement it, uh, to help you create the necessary habits for success, and to help guide you on how to get the most bang for your buck at each step in the journey. So if you're listening and you've read the book, but feel stuck in any way, or would just like a little extra boost or support, I hope you'll check out uh, the Beast Slayer Training Academy, which again, uh, you can find on our resources page. I really tried to dump every piece of useful knowledge that I've acquired over my lifetime uh, in the most digestible and concise format possible. Okay, so like I said, the topic of this episode is how to eat according to the Migraine Miracle Plan, in other words, to eat like a human, and stay in a budget. Um, Let's face it, virtually every one of us doesn't have unlimited resources, so we're all operating within some financial constraints of some kind, and so knowing where the best values are is something that's going to be relevant to just about everyone. But before I get into the specifics of where to find the values, I want to first make sure that we're all approaching this issue with the right frame of mind, or telling ourselves the right kind of story about the food that we eat. And while this is an issue that matters a lot to me, I'm going to try not to get too preachy here. But at the end of the day, when it comes to our health and well-being, there's arguably nothing more important than the food we eat. It provides all the energy and raw materials needed to run our body, and it's something we usually do several times a day every day. I think the very fact that it's so commonplace and such a part of everyday, everyday life is one reason we tend to overlook its importance in our health. And we often focus on things that are far less impactful, like what drug or supplement to take. For so many, food has become an afterthought. And because day to day we can at least get by eating crappy and cheap food, 
we don't appreciate the impact it's having. Many times that impact is only felt by the time it's too late. And you can even frame this in terms of a financial investment. We know that getting sick is tremendously costly. So you have doctor visits, medications, missed work, and so on. And that's taken to a whole new level if you end up with a chronic illness. So if the food that you eat can save you from all that, then it will be an enormous net savings in the long run. So even the most cold and calculating financial assessment of spending on food would still say that just from a financial standpoint, there's a good chance you'll end up saving money by spending more on high quality food. So when we compare all the factors, eating the cheapest food, typically processed grains and sugars, ultimately ends up costing us much more in other ways. It just requires that we think on a longer time scale to fully appreciate that fact. So the first thing I'd suggest here, with this better story of food as being the most important thing for the health of you and your family, is to just look at your overall spending to figure out whether it matches those values and priorities. And I'd also expand that beyond food to anything else that you'd spend on health and wellness. Again, it's hard to argue that anything should be given higher priority than that. I personally have no qualms about spending on quality food. I'll sacrifice in other areas to ensure that I can do so because I know how directly linked it is to my health and how I feel and my overall well-being. And uh, you should have no guilt about spending more on food than on other things. If you had a child with leukemia and you needed $50,000 for treatment, you would have zero guilt whatsoever about spending that money. And we tend to think differently when it comes to what we do to prevent those sorts of health problems, but it's really no different. Ultimately, when you're spending on better quality food, you're spending on the health and wellness of you and your family. Part of the struggle here is the things that we think make us happy, like material possessions or acquiring more stuff, aren't the things that actually make us happy. And you can't put a price on feeling good day in and day out. Money, in the end, is just a tool we can use to make our lives better, and in my opinion, this is the best way to use that tool. Um, it's been almost 10 years since I personally went down this road of th this way of eating and living, which, uh, as you probably know, led to so many improvements in my own personal well-being, and that for me was really a turning point where I totally stopped caring at all about material possessions, because here was this thing I'd done that improved my quality of life so many orders of magnitude beyond anything I'd ever bought, any achievement I'd ever made, any stuff I ever owned. It's so powerfully illustrated how insignificant those sorts of things were by comparison, and it removed any desire to pursue them anymore. So all that to say, uh, you should never feel guilty about spending on these things, about spending on food and spending on things that promote better health and wellness. All right, so now let's talk about how to still get the best value from the food that you buy. So the first strategy here is to buy foods that have the lowest cost per nutrient. And there are a couple of related concepts that are helpful to think about when you're approaching this decision. And those are the concepts of nutrient density and energy density. So nutrient density, as the name suggests, simply refers to the nutrient quality of any given food or how many nutrients there are in a given amount of food. And by nutrients here, we're referring to essential proteins and fats, vitamins and minerals. These are all the things that we need uh, to provide the raw materials to build and maintain muscles, connective tissue and organs, as well as to power all of the chemical reactions in our body. And energy density is a reflection of how much energy we can extract out of a given amount of food. 
So when you're comparing one food to another in terms of price, these are really the things that ultimately matter and that determine their value. And when you look from this perspective, you realize that most of the cheap calories that are available to us are in the form of simple carbohydrates, which are energy dense because the only utility of carbohydrates is as an energy source, but they're very nutrient poor. And this is precisely why there's such a problem and exactly why you can have someone who's obese but still malnourished because they have more energy than they can use, but their body is deficient in certain key nutrients. So viewed from the perspective of its impact on health, the things we're used to as cheap sources of calories are actually not a good value at all. Sure, they can provide a little short-term burst of fuel to power us for a couple of hours, but that comes with a longer-term health cost. And what we really want to know then when we're making these kinds of decisions are what foods provide the most nutrients and energy at the best price. And I'd say the big winners here are eggs, um, small oily fish like sardines, and organ meats. Um, so the yolk of an egg has all of the nutrients needed to make a vertebrate animal. And you can argue that they are the most complete source of nutrition of any food. And so when you view them from the standpoint of nutrient quality, they're inexpensive. Um, whatever you do though, please eat the yolk. Uh, this is one area where now even the authorities admit that they were wrong and that people shouldn't be worrying about the cholesterol in egg yolks. And in close contention for uh, one of the most nutrient-complete foods would be small whole fish like sardines. These also have the added advantage of containing certain trace nutrients that the typical person today doesn't get enough of. Another nice thing here is that you can also buy uh, wild-caught sardines and other fish for cheap, uh, which minimizes the uh, environmental impact as well. And then I also mentioned the organ meats. So for our wild ancestors who didn't live in a world of food abundance, organ meats were the most prized part of the animals. Um, they too are very rich in nutrients, uh, including ones like vitamin A, that are hard to get elsewhere, uh, particularly in a form that we can extract and use. And partly because they've fallen out of favor, uh, thanks to uh, modern palates, they can be purchased relatively cheaply. My favorite way to get in organ meats is uh, liverwurst or Braunschweiger, and uh, I get it from U.S. Wellness Meats, and you can order that, uh, and they'll deliver it, and um, it's great. So those three are really the superstars uh, when it comes to nutrient density, in my opinion, and also an excellent value for the money. Um, another way to really extend your dollar, or whatever currency you're using, uh, is to buy the cheaper cuts of meat. So unlike plants, uh, meat has the advantage of being both nutrient and energy dense, which is why in most cases it's a comparatively good value. This is also a place where you can take advantage of fat phobia. So when Jenny and I are eating chicken these days, we almost always uh, cook with chicken thighs rather than breasts. Uh, thighs are way cheaper and they taste a lot better because there's more fat. Also make sure to buy and eat them still with the skin on. They're also way easier to cook than chicken breasts as they don't uh, dry out nearly so easily. When it comes to pork, there are several cuts that are less expensive. Uh, so both uh, pork loin and pork chops, which are also both fantastic, tend to be cheaper. Also anything that needs to be cooked uh, on low heat for long periods of time, so low and slow, it's almost always going to be a better value, and with pork, uh, things like pork shoulder or Boston butt, uh, so cooking things like that in a crock pot or a smoker of some kind. And not only is cooking things like that cheaper, it's oftentimes some of the best tasting food that you'll have. 
And then for beef, some of the uh, cheaper cuts there are things like skirt steak, uh, flat iron steak, and then just ground beef as well. And once again, things that need to be cooked low and slow are also a really good value. So uh, Jenny and I often make a barbacoa that goes in the crock pot uh, from chuck roast, and it's one of our absolute favorite meals. And it's way cheaper to buy uh, chuck roast than the equivalent quantity of more sought after cuts of meat. And now when it comes to plant foods, it's a little more challenging to get uh, bang for your buck. Um, Meat has such an advantage because it's both nutrient and energy dense. And there are many plants that are high in nutrients uh, but have almost no energy. Um, and then the nutrients are also much less bioavailable, meaning that we're only able to extract a fraction of the amount of nutrients that are in a given plant. And so when we're shopping for plant foods uh, to get the most valuable, we again want to find the things that are the most energy and nutrient dense. So that's mainly going to be root vegetables and, and uh, tubers. So things like turnips, uh, yams and sweet potatoes, uh, squash, rutabaga, beets, parsnips. Um, there's a reason that these were the main plant sources of calories for our ancestors uh, when those things were actually available to them. And it's because they are good sources of nutrients and energy together. Um, leafy greens are great for certain nutrients, but our ancestors would have wasted more energy gathering them than they actually provide, uh, which is not a good survival strategy. So it's unlikely they were a significant part of our ancestral diet. Also, when it comes to plant foods, uh, you can save money by buying in season. So uh, whether that's shopping in a farmer's market or becoming part of a uh, CSA. So things that ensure that you're getting uh, foods that are in season and locally grown. In addition to saving money, uh, eating the things in season also kind of helps for you to go naturally low carb or even keto during the months where uh, plant foods are less available, like the wintertime. And here, the main caveat is that if you're deliberately restricting your carbohydrates or trying to stay keto, then you would need to be mindful of the carbohydrate content. Another way to extend your dollar is to make your own fat that you're going to be cooking in. So many times we'll make our own animal fat, so lard or tallow or duck fat or bacon fat. And this is something we've covered uh, in prior issues of uh, Primal Provisions, uh, which is also in our uh, recipe our archive for members. Um, usually uh, when you cook, all that fat, uh, which is loaded with nutrients, uh, goes to waste. Though here it is best uh, to use meat that's been raised naturally without hormones or other chemicals since uh, the fat is where those things are going to be stored. Another cost-saving thing to do is to make larger quantities of a given recipe and freeze it for later. So this allows you to buy things in bulk at a cheaper price. And this is another thing that we do quite a bit. And we've published uh, entire issues in the past of primal provisions of things that we like to freeze that uh, freeze and heat up well. And making a habit of doing this has the added advantage of always ensuring that you have something in the freezer as a backup when you don't have time to cook and so on. Another thing to get more bang for your buck is to do a cow or pig share. So there are many local farms that offer this option now. And there are also uh, options for doing this online. So here you'd buy a quarter or a half share of a pig. And when you do, you'll get a wide variety of cuts, uh, typically at much less than you'd pay uh, for those cuts individually at the grocery store. Okay, so those are several strategies that you can use to find the best values and uh, extend your dollar while eating according to the Migraine Miracle Plan. 
And hopefully, I've also convinced you that there really is nothing more important to your health than what you put into your body day in and day out, and nothing more important than maintaining the health of you and your family. So don't feel guilty about spending in this area. And also use this as an opportunity to expand your horizons and try new things. Uh, like I said, uh, many of the cheapest things are our favorite things to eat now, uh, which is also great. And it may not last forever. So uh, it's possible that uh, people will start to come around and realize that they've been missing out on some of these uh, nutrient-dense foods. So get those inexpensive cuts of meat while they're still cheap. All right, well, thanks as always for listening. If you like this podcast and you want to help other people discover it, it'd be fantastic if you left a rating in iTunes. So that's all for today. Now it's time to go out and slay the beast. Mm-hmm.